You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. What do you guys think? You think it's time to change the uh, the intro? I think so. You think so? I, I want I want the audience to Something kind fresh. of to let us know. Go to our uh, Facebook page or go to irepodcast.com. Send us a comment. I want to know. Should we change the the, the intro or do, you, do do people like it? Do you think people like it? I don't think it matters. Okay. Sal, nothing matters to Sal. Uh, well, hello, everyone. Paul Apostolakis, Salvatore Cusimano, Brad Weisgerber. We are Inside Real Estate. Today is just us. We do this from time to time. Uh, we generally have a lot of guests come in and out of the uh, the studio. A little break once in a while is good. It would, you know, for us, it's kind of just talk about you know the market mortgages and kind of from our perspective a little bit more. Uh, weird day today. We walked into the podcast studio. We did not know that the room got flipped around. Yeah. And it's totally nice. different. I don't know if you could tell uh, for streaming live, if you can tell, but it is backwards. So it's kind of throwing us off. And we also started late because we made a mistake. We, uh, yeah, it yeah. happens. Yeah, it happens. Streaming live is always kind of. We learn from the mistake, yeah. though. So, anyways, um, you know, long story short, we are here. We are talking mortgages. We're going to talk about the interest rate environment right now. We've got some questions from listeners from uh, across the country and world, which is interesting. We always, I'm always blown away by, you know, did you know that our, our biggest market, other than our local market here in Michigan, is uh, California and San Diego? Yeah, and Sweden. Actually, Sweden fell off. Oh, it did? Yeah, Sweden fell off a little bit. We've got. Uh, no love. No love. So um, let's talk about, first and foremost, I do want to get into, there's a lot of things happening in the market right now as far as interest rates, a lot of people refinancing, refinance uh, um, applications had gone up, they've gone down a little bit since, but you know, interest rates yesterday sell hit like the lowest I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Like you it's told me nuts. yesterday, let's give me, give me an example. You, get, you gave me an example yesterday of, of a, a deal you did for a friend of yours. What was it? Uh, yeah, it was like 3625 on a 30 year. No cost. Yeah, I mean, granted, it was a large loan, right? You know, so like typically, the the larger the loan, the easier it is to, you know, give credits and whatnot. Why uh, is that? Can you explain that? So when you're doing a refinance or a purchase or whatever, right? When you have a very large loan, um, the rates pay out a static percentage, right? right. So let's say you're putting twenty percent down, um, the house is a hundred thousand. Yeah. Right, so that's an eighty thousand dollar loan. Not a lot of meat on that bone. No, because I mean, it, essentially, you know, as a lender, let's say that pays two percent. Mm-hmm. Right, that pays sixteen hundred dollars. Right. So, well, that same two percent of five hundred thousand. Right, it's ten grand. Ten thousand. Right. Right. And which we what we call yield spread. Yeah. Right? Well, to, they, they used to be called yield spread. Well, it right? still is no, it's pre- premium or yeah, whatever. But whatever. either way, it's still the yield um, spread. You as a lender, right, and most lenders just to be competitive. They don't need to make ten grand on a loan, so right. they can pass that along, right? So, hey, you can take this rate and get a four thousand dollar credit, right? right? Or you can essentially, uh, I mean, if you want, you can keep all that as a lender as long as your client's sold, which is not really good practice. But essentially, um, you have to get competitive, right? So you got to lower your margins. So the margins aren't necessarily static as to what lenders want to make on a deal, right? Yeah. Um, and and the, the thing for consumers to understand is that those margins are different from lender to lender depending on what incentives they get. If they're a direct lender, some people have higher margins, have lower margins. It is it is crazy on the back end what a lot of, you know, a lot of consumers think. You know, you know, lenders always ask or, or borrowers always ask, how do you get paid? Right? Yeah. Oh, essentially, yeah, yeah. that comes from 
If there's the no rates. cost, how do you get paid, right? Right. Right. Well, well we get paid off the rate. The rate. Uh, yeah. there's a, that note rate pays back, a 4% note rate pays back X. And we can pass along those that the, right. the, the revenue back to you, or we can keep it. Or 3.8. Who, who determines what it pays back? Who, what I, don't, the I don't understand. Uh, that, you know, we get that a lot. So the margins are set by the company a lot of times. What do they want to make per loan? Like if you go to... Uh, you know, Quicken, for instance, I know they've got large margins. Just, just to be fair, they do a good job, but they have large margins, and um, their rates are generally higher because they they make a lot more money per loan because they have to pay for a lot more things. Right, right. So, just to give you an idea of how that works. Now, what we're seeing a lot now is a lot of people look talking about refinancing because rates are so low. And I think we, there's a there was a study out. There's like eight million. Well, it's always a, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I mean, just yeah. not to go too far off that, but like. Uh, that's a good question. What is the rate, right? But there is no rate, right? Like what's the, the no point rate, right? What's the, the rate that, that doesn't give you a credit or pay a cost? We can determine that, right? Yeah, but yeah. The, the rates are whatever's best for your deal. Just so everybody understands, uh, when we say no cost refinance, there are still costs involved. There, you still have to do title. You potentially have to do an appraisal. You have to do recording fees. There's still costs like, involved. Yeah, if you are a borrower and you don't have any money for closing costs, right? Like, you shouldn't be trying to get the lowest rate. Right. You, right. Know, you should be looking at like, okay, if I take a quarter point higher in rate, how much is that going to save me up front? So let me explain that too to the consumer because here's here's how it works. If if, if let's say at four percent or three point eight seven five. It costs three thousand dollars to do that mortgage. You can do four percent or four point one two five, and get rid of those costs by getting a credit for that rate because you go higher in the note rate. And what what's happening a lot right now is a lot of people are looking at refinancing. And what we're doing as a company is we're doing a lot of no cost refinances. And the reason we're doing no cost refinances here's the beauty of no cost refinances is there's no recoup time on that investment, right, Brad? Right. So like if if I paid let's say six months ago I paid three thousand dollars to refinance. Six months later, rates go down, and I could save fifty bucks a month. You're probably not going to do that because you haven't recouped that three thousand that you already paid, right? right? On that investment, I would do it if it's a no cost refinance. Correct. So that's the trick. Now, if you refinance six months ago and you did it no cost, rates go down in six months. You do another no cost. Rates go down another six months. In six months, you do another no cost. You keep riding the ladder down and giving yourself. Now, a lot of people are like, "I want the best rate. I want the best rate. I want the best rate." Well, that's not always the you can get the lowest rate possible in the country by paying for it. You could pay what's called discount points to get your rate even lower. It doesn't make a lot of sense because it's the it's the investment. It's, so this is how I look at it. If it takes you, let's say you pay three thousand dollars and you pay whatever whatever the numbers are, but you it takes you five years to recoup that cost. That's like saying if if you gave me three thousand dollars today, and in five years I'd give you that three thousand dollars right back to you. That's a horrible investment. Yeah. Right? That's when you oh, break even. Dependent. Yeah, depending right? on your like, Let's say you're going to be in the home for 20 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it might be a – it's too hard to speculate, I think, and yeah. agree with you. But it could play out to be a good investment if rates never get as low as they are today. Right. But that's unlikely. Every person's situation is different. Everyone's goals are different. Everyone's right. reason to refi right. is different. So like if you're if you know for sure certainty that, that you're going to live in this house – for the next 20 years, yeah. 30 years, forever, yeah. right? Yeah. Not until the kids are all gone and you're time to downsize when you're 50 or 60 or 70. Um, then it's you might not want to yeah, do a low dude, cost because many, you might want to get that low rate as low as possible because in the long term, you're going to you're gonna recoup that investment. It is an investment, right? You're going to pay some costs now to save in the long run because if you take a higher rate, you're paying it in interest over the term of the loan, right? I get that. But for most people, 
they refinance or they move or they, they don't stay in a mortgage. Something happens. More than seven years. So it's, it's, I think it's five to seven years or four to seven years right now is, is the average that someone stays in a mortgage. So if you can refinance at no cost and leave your future open and not, not invest that money because shit happens. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Refinance every six months at no cost. Do it for sure. Yeah, dude, we've had Save people, the money for free. I have people that, that bought a house a year and a half ago that I've refinanced three times since then. Me too. All at no cost. Yep. And they're always like, we're doing it again. I'm like, dude, you, you don't have to do it, but you're saving interest. You're saving 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, whatever it may be. Why it's wouldn't you? free money. Yeah. What happens is if you don't refinance to take advantage of the market on the way down, unfortunately, what you're going to end up doing is, you, A, you pay the bank more than you should. Your house ends up costing you thousands of thousands of dollars more than it should over the life of the loan. And you're not, you're not managing your debt correctly. Here's the way I, I, I put it. And, and like I, I can't stress this enough. If someone had a 401k and they were like, hey, man, I can guarantee you a half percent higher in return over the next 10 years. What did you do it at no cost? Yeah, but how many people even look at their 401k? I'm I don't, just saying. I don't even know what mine is. Well, I think you know, some refinances you have to think about, right? And some are no-brainers. Sure, like, sure. Um, that one I was talking about, they're saving $420 a month. Yeah, it's Dude, stupid. It's insane. Stupid. For they free. Get, and they just refied in December. Right. Whoa. Well, that's the thing. He has to pay his loan down $1,500 to get the appraisal waiver, which I don't think it would ever appraise, which yeah. is kind of crazy. But we can um, talk about, yeah, we can talk about that. You know, yeah. but with that being said, I mean, okay, he has to pay it down $1,500, which is equity. So it's not really right. a cost, right? And then his closing costs are actually zero. All right. We well, were able to give him a credit to cover all the costs. What, what, what was a big loan. Sell, but I'm going backwards in my mortgage. Yeah. I don't want to keep resetting the clock over and over again. So well, what, you what, just what, reset it six months ago, right. and now you're saving four hundred bucks a month. I'm going to set it, so if you want, make the same payment, and you'll pay. It's probably a, like a twenty-four year amp. But but the, but there's solutions for that too. You can do a twenty-nine year mortgage now. Yeah, yeah. not everywhere. Right. Well, you could yeah. do that if you want, and instead of saving four hundred twenty dollars a month, you save three ninety. Right, right, whatever right. it is. Right. But you stay on track to pay it off. In you have to look time. at it. You know. It, because all you have to do is pull up an amortization schedule. Yep. If you wanted to pay off your current mortgage in one year, well, you can do that. Yeah. You know, you just There's have no to figure out what the payment, the payment is. Right. So ultimately, as long it's as you're, you're paying less interest and you're no, you're, you can figure out that you're not going backwards, it's nice to have the flexibility of a 30-year. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'll tell you what the payment is for a 26-year because let's say you're three and a half years into your mortgage. But if you want that flexibility of a 30-year, we can do that. You just have to make the same payment if you want to stay on track. Right. It's all up to the discipline, and that's another thing when when talking about mortgages is escrows, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, hate escrow. Are you disciplined enough to pay your own taxes and insurance? Because if you are, your payment will actually never change, never. And people always say, "Oh, it's a thirty-year fix. My payment will never change." Well, the principal and interest portion won't, yeah. right? Yeah, your escrows will, and sometimes it can be brutal. It can be you can get hammered. Let's, a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people move into a house, and I've seen this happen multiple times, and they're like, hey, uh, this is my payment I want to have, blah, blah, blah. They get into the house. A year later, their house gets assessed. Their taxes go up two Gs a year, three Gs a year, four Gs a year, depending on where let's they're Let's say at. it went up $2,400 a year. Yep, that's $200, $200 a month. $200 a month. The, yeah. So yeah. if you have a shortage and the, the mortgage company pays it, they will adjust your new payment to reflect the $200 that it, it's going to be. And, and then, then plus the two hundred dollars shortage over the next twelve months to make up for that escrow shortage, and that's just one of them. Let's say you get reassessed again in the winter, and that one goes up twelve hundred dollars. Now you're three hundred dollars. 
six hundred dollars higher. Just for those that don't totally understand what an escrow is, you know, twelve months. An escrow account is money that is held into a a non-interest bearing account that that you pay into every month to pay for your tax and insurance. Not interest bearing for the borrower. Yeah, 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 true. Um, But but basically, like it goes into account and it it pays for your taxes and insurance when it comes due, Um, and it makes it easy because you don't have to think about it. The 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 drawback with that is a lot of people don't look at their tax bill when it comes out. Yeah, and what happens is the, the the servicer might not adjust your taxes properly to the new tax. Six months later. Right. What happened to me. And I'm actually- It happens all the time. Yeah, it happened to me. I've got a shortage. My payment went up 400 bucks a month. Think of the madness of escrow. It's It's madness. But- Different loans closing every different day. So there's a different due date for insurance all the time. Yep. Right? All over the country, different tax due dates, the way they're paid, this and that. What a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Some are paid in the rear, some in the you know, they're all yeah, they're all it's over a nightmare. the place. Yeah. From Back, county to county they're different. From city to city they're yeah. different. Back to every person's situation's different. A lot of people I've actually refied some people this year that had an escrow shortage and didn't want to cover the new payment because it was going up five hundred bucks a month to cover the shortage in the new payment. Happens tax bill. all the time. They refied, did an escrow waiver, got out of their escrow account and saved money well, on it. Well, right now, then now they don't that have to do the escrow bills out, you know, it is a good time to to cure that shortage. Do your new refi, have yeah. your new payment. Everything's all set. You don't have to worry about it or right. waive the escrows. I mean, yeah. again, if you are disciplined to do it and you know that that's going to happen, I always tell people, listen, set it set it up, right? You have direct deposit from your, yep. you know. Set up a separate bank account. Yeah. It's just Open up another account as Chase or whatever. Do your own escrow. Yeah. Just and every month every paycheck. have, you know. $150 out of each paycheck go into that escrow account and then you have the money and you don't have to worry about it. Yep. It's still the same concept. But, but unfortunately, Americans are not great savers. Well, and you're getting interest on it. Not to mention it's not a little much. complicated, yeah, I mean much, especially but. if you're a first-time buyer. Like you'll, you'll see like a lot of older buyers or people put a lot of money down. Hey, I, I'd rather do that separately, right? It's like, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, yeah. I want to waive my escrow account just because it's like it's annoying. It's right. Super it, hey, your payment's going up. It's going down, and then it goes down, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, sorry, we we lowered it too much." Yeah, and then, but then you got to call the service. It, it it look in a in a in a world where some people are are, are smart enough to do it, or like I I'm not. I'm just I know myself. I'll just I don't know. I just would rather it's just paid. But at the same time, the better way of doing it is controlling yourself. That way, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. I'll do your escrows for you for a nominal fee. You you are, you are the controller at our company, dude. But I don't do your own. I'll do yours for a nominal fee. <laughs> You get paid too much. <laughs> Escrows are super complicated. Yeah. So, uh, avoid mean, them. Here's the funny thing that, that we come into. And, you know, this, as a borrower, a lot of people come, go into the conversation, I want the lowest rate. And they're like demanding the, their will upon the situation. And, <laughs> and if you're a consumer, just listen to, to, to your perfect. If you're working with someone that you trust and believe in, listen to them because you don't know more than, than we do. We, we get stumped on stuff. And we've been doing this for years and years and years. And we see. You know, hundreds Crazy and hundreds shit. and hundreds of mortgages every single day, and we we still to this day something will pop up, and I'll look at Sal. I'm like, dude, have you ever seen this? He's like, no, nah, bro, what is that? And Sal, Brad's like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, like the, 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 the mortgage <laughs> mortgages aren't black and white. They're they're very nuanced, and they're not like a, a they're not really like really really well put together. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in a mortgage. Like, it, so it just, many things. There's so many things. There's so many moving parts and they're not perfect. And the mortgage market is there for us to be able to buy and sell houses. At the same time, people sometimes think they know more than they do and they just like, give me the lowest rate. I was I, I saw on bankrate.com that blah, 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 I could get this. 
right? What do mm-hmm. you say to that guy that says, I saw him bankrate and they, they're giving me this, this offer. And then, I mean, how do you combat that? It, maybe they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's fine. I, I don't know if you want to explore that you can, you know, here we are, here's your, we already have everything all put together. I implore if you, if you really care that much, call them. Right. And see if that's what they're actually offering. It's easy to bake fees in. It's easy to roll the costs in. Maybe they, maybe they are giving that deal, you know? And if you want, you can find another deal better than that. You'll always find it. But people who like kind of delineate and they're like, I don't know if, if I want to do this, you know, or maybe there's another rate, uh, cut coming or maybe, you know, I can find a better deal here or there. And then all of a sudden the rates go up a quarter point and it's like, Hey, yeah, I, Let's go with you. I called so and so, and they're at four, and you told me three eight seven five or something. Well, they went up. Sorry, that's yeah. what people understand. Now we're at four and an eighth. So yeah. take that four from them. You're trying or don't. trying to get a rate. The people. Are, this is another thing. A lot of consumers don't know or maybe not understand. Rates change daily by moment. They're like a stock. They go up yeah. and down every single day. So if you're trying to hone in on one rate and you're and you're shopping, let's say you're shopping for a week straight. Well, the person you talked to on the first day and the person you talked to on the last day, they're totally different markets. So you're trying to hit a moving target. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a consumer, you should be educated by someone, right? Yeah, hopefully. That, hey, <laughs> uh, well, they probably aren't, right? Yeah. But, you you know, it, knowing that it's a market, it's like, hey, so-and-so s- said they could buy me a uh, Ford stock at, you know, $14 a share. Well, you know, the next day you talk to another broker, they're doing at $13 a share. Well, of course, you're going to go with the cheaper share, right? But mm-hmm. but it wasn't any anything. That but that yesterday they were yeah. the same, right? Yeah. You have to sh- you have to look at things as apples to apples, which is kind of like the same time frame. But above and beyond that, if they're close enough, work with who you think's going to get it done, right? You know, yeah. What, work with what's someone good a rate that you can't close on. Work or with that someone takes- that's going to add value because you you can get the same stock from multiple different brokers. You can get the same yeah. car from multiple different dealerships. But who's going to add value? Who's going to make sure your tires are inflated, your f- fluids are full, but you, I think you have the support most, down the road? I hate right? refinances. I mean, I yeah. love them and they're good for people, yeah. but I so just definitely love it. It's a moving target constantly. Well, am I rolling costs in? In the end, you might roll a couple hundred bucks or pay a couple hundred dollars because we don't, you know, or we could change the loan amount to exactly match it last second. But that amount that you owe changes daily. So, yes. So that this is something that you we know? need to talk about because – People it's are too hard like, to time. What are the numbers? What are the numbers? What are the numbers? Here's the crazy thing that I want people to understand. And, and we don't know the numbers because we don't know exactly how much interest you, you owe on the old loan. We don't know exactly when the taxes are due. There's so many like like things that change. Just just And here's another thing people that, that might not understand is that when you make your payment on your mortgage, that payment covers the interest for the last 30 days because when you made the last payment – Every day since then, you accrued interest. And when you make your next payment, you pay that interest from back then. So people are like, well, I owe $100,000 today. My mortgage statement says my balance is 102000 Right. Well, you accrued interest over the, next, the, the last 20 days. You actually owe more than that. So your payoff, when people get their payoff, not only is it good through like that day, but it's also good through a few weeks past that just in case, right? So yeah, that, And we usually pad the payoff a few days correct. just because – it takes Banks time suck. to send a wire. It takes time to send a check. Right. And then it takes time on that bank's end to cash that. I had a, a deal where oh. it was absolutely insane. Yeah. We sent a wire for like seven or twenty grand. Yeah. And they're like, Oh they accepted it. Yeah. Which is crazy. Then, you know, they took four or five days to post it and then they said it was late. And it's like, Well, 
you received oh no we they didn't do a wire it was a check yeah it was a certified check they got their fedex confirmed delivery on a wednesday they posted on a monday and oh sorry you owe a whole nother month's interest or something it was it was insane i mean sal and i lost five years of our lives yeah but i mean that just goes to show you professionals are even like it's hard for us to to really face so when it's someone crazy industry so a lot of times people get to the closing people be like wait a minute i wasn't expecting i thought it was no cost why am i bringing a thousand dollars in while you're skipping you didn't pay last month's you're skipping next month's payment you got to pay that interest right right well yeah you and know the, the it depends right there's certain things that you owe right as a as a consumer like as a homeowner hey you told me uh that it was going to be two grand it's 2600 well yeah but now you don't have a mortgage payment till november right 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 but that you is, still. But, but here's the thing: people think oh, no mortgage payment. You still accrue interest because there's not a moment that you live in that home and you not have a single moment. Right. not a single moment that you, right now you're like right now. I just accrued interest. I could accrue much more interest. Yeah. Every moment of every minute but of every day, I'm accruing interest. And if you fund early enough in the month, you can actually get a credit for that interest. Yeah. But you'll make your your payment due one month earlier. Yeah. So that will help on costs, right? But if you you have to look at it from a consumer as as also like a cash flow thing, right? Hey, it's going to cost me three grand to close. My payment is only seventeen hundred. Yeah, but then you don't have a payment till November, mm-hmm. so it's actually saving you two. Uh, yeah, and to be fair, the, here's a, a big problem in our industry: are actually dollars. loan officers themselves, because loan officers, unfortunately, sometimes because you know they want to get the deal, they want to. They're like, oh yeah, it's going to be good. This is it's going to be perfect. Here's how much you're going to have, and they, they're like, these are the numbers. These are the numbers. That isn't fair to the client to not explain to them. Hey, here's what could happen. Yeah. We're overestimating, but this could happen. This could happen. These numbers aren't static. They move. It's a moving target. That's the proper way to to to, to kind of frame it. But what happens is in our industry, where some people are very transactional and they just want to get that deal and go to the next deal, and then all of a sudden they don't understand what's, what's happening. These people end up still closing, but they're lost the whole time, and they're like, "Why did I do this? Why did right?" I do this? And it right? still might happy. make sense for them, but yeah, but they're not. But they happy. don't know yeah. what the hell they did. They have no. I idea. paid a lot of money, and they my feel payment like went down fifty bucks. Yeah, dude. right. Yeah, they don't know what happened. They don't understand it. So. For anybody listening out there, if you're looking at refinancing, make sure that you're you're just dealing with the person that's going to explain all this stuff to you, and be uh, faithful in the person. If they're going to be, if they tell you the hard truth, like sometimes people, I tell people things they didn't want to hear, and they're like, "Well, that's the other guy told me something better. I'm going to go with that guy." Well, it's harder to be honest. Yeah, in our industry, yeah. it is much much harder to tell you the truth. Because the truth is a little bit dirtier, a little bit more muddled than just making it sound all sexy and, right. and, and nice, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. And, you know, on a different note, just while I'm thinking about it, you know, if you have equity in your home too, yeah, like now's a good time where you could probably do a cash out refi, even if you refi in the past year and keep your rate the same and structure some, yeah, structure some debt. Because again, I mean, most people, right, work on a, a pretty consistent basis of what they get paid. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They like, got salaries. They yeah. Got hourly, yeah they got, you know, salary, hourly, maybe a little bit of fluctuating overtime or commissions. But for the most part, you have that monthly nut and you have what you bring in, you know. So think about it. Like if you're paying four or five hundred dollars on, you know, 20 grand of debt gross. a month, I mean, it's going to take you, you know, five years, six years to pay it off. And that could be it, that's an installment loan. You might have 20 car, 20 G's of credit card debt. Unless you're paying like a thousand dollars a month at that, 
it's never going to go away. I right. mean, it's going to take you seven, eight years or whatever to pay that. The minimum off, payment right? takes if you thirty just, years. No, if you do that, the amortization on a credit card, minimum payments take you over thirty years to pay it off. Yeah, think about that. So, if, for good LOs out there, I know they they look at themselves as debt managers because that's what we're doing. We're managing debt, and if you have equity in your house and you have other debt. There's something to be said to be able to combine all that in a very low tax deductible interest on some level and put yourself in a better financial position. And you can pay off your debt much faster that way, especially if it makes financial sense. Again, there's a lot of different ways what, to utilize your mortgage and your equity in your home for the benefit. The danger, the danger is using your home like an ATM. What will happen is you pay off someone's debt. And then six months later, they racked it up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't refi your home so you can take a vacation. Right. Unless right. you're going to take some type of like right. crazy two-month, three-month vacation. Once-in-a-lifetime like, <laughs> yeah. experience right. vacation. Yeah. Because it does us no good. Like for, for, for me personally, and I know us as a company, we're very cognizant of like putting people in good loans, right? Because ultimately, the health of this market is dependent on the mortgage mortgages that we do. If we start seeing a lot of delinquencies and people doing yeah. a lot of this stuff, you it's not- You shouldn't have to yeah. sell- the facts of a refi. You know, I mean, you might, you have to explain them, right. but you shouldn't have to be like, dude, this makes total sense. Like it should be like, wait, what? So I'm going to save $200 a month basically for free if it's and not start correctly. my mortgage over. Right. Yeah. So, right. But the but big question we get all the time is what's the catch? I don't trust that. People don't trust it. It's because it sounds too good to be true. Wait, I pay no cost and you're going to lower my payment uh, and people like short circuit. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like that. That's not possible. What the catch is that we're a for-profit business and we make money on it. Yeah. We will make money <laughs> yeah. on it. Yes, that's what. But that's, yes, yes, yes. You know, unless you want to, we will not roll any costs into your loan. Right? You won't pay any costs if we if the rates can cover the costs, and all you have to bring is your escrows or waive them and literally bring nothing. Right? Yeah. You right. know, and they're like, well, that doesn't make. I mean, that's just how it works. So you know, I can help answer any of the questions, but look at. Look at your balance. Look at what you owe. Look at your current rate. Look at the other rate. And are you starting over on 30 years or are you doing a term? I mean, a lot of times right now, especially people who did a 30-year mortgage in the past year or two, we're bringing them down to 20 and they're paying like an extra 60, 100 bucks a month. Yeah. And look, it is on some level self-serving when we call a client and we're like, hey, man, you can refine it because we do make money on it. I don't want to even pretend like we don't. That's not even like a we fair. We typically don't make a lot of money. Not, on them. We make less. Right. We make a lot less on those, of course. But at the same time, we do make money on them, and we are going to reach out because it, it helps us as a business, and and also gives us an opportunity to help the client. It's very good on every level. Like everybody wins, right? I think if you come to a a point like, listen, I love right, and I tell tell this to people who I don't want to write their mortgage because it doesn't make sense. Like I, yeah, I mean, we make a living writing loans. I don't want to write yours. It doesn't make sense. You know, yeah. well, you know, I'm trying to drop PMI. I got a, you know, 60K mortgage. I'm at like a four and a quarter. I heard rates are 375. Yeah, you could do that, but it's going to cost you $1,800. You know, I mean, imagine if you just paid that divided out over the term. Right. You know, it's it it doesn't make sense. We say no all the time. And I think there's a lot of power in no. You yeah. know what I mean? Because if it doesn't make sense, dude, a reputation isn't worth someone saying, oh, dude, it, it, like it, it's it, it's unethical to be honest with you to put someone in a mortgage just to put someone in a mortgage make, because the, it, it, because they feel like they need it. It's a lot better for us and I think the consumer to hear. Look, man, right now is not the not the right time. So uh, refinancing is a big deal right now. So obviously, talk to someone if you're listening. But I've got some questions here from listeners that I want to 
go through because I think it's uh, it's nice to have listeners ask us questions. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Where can uh, they send questions? What's that? Where can they send questions? Tell them. You tell them. Uh, if, you have, if you want to send us a question for a future episode, you can email us at info at com. Hit us up on a Facebook chat or just text Paul. His number is two. I'm just kidding. It's public. It's 586-242-2468. Get after it. Oh, I'm going to get like some crazy calls. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, my number is not exact. I get so many fan calls. Okay, so I've got Margaret from San Diego. Um, she asks, what are discount points and should I pay them? Sal, I think this is a good one for you. Please kind of hit that. Yeah. Yeah. So discount points, and it sounds funny because you you think, and it it really didn't hit me for like the words for what it's worth until yesterday. For some reason, we were, you know, looking at a loan, but a a discount fee, right? You'd think it'd be like a credit, but it's the fee you pay. Oh, I'm getting a better deal. Well, it's a fee you pay to get a discount on your rate. Yeah. Right? So. And they're they're it's basically prepaid interest evaluated. Just so everybody knows, yeah, they evaluate it in what are called points. So points are you know one percent of uh, the loan. loan amount is one point. So on a two hundred thousand dollar deal, one point costs two thousand dollars. Do what does right? it drop my interest rate a full percentage? It can sometimes. So the points change every day, and the the difference between rates sometimes can be very advantageous to pay points, yep. and sometimes they can be very. Insane! Like, why would you do that? Right? right. It costs like, costs four thousand so, dollars. And there's eight. thresholds between rates, mm-hmm. so it might be like, all right, listen, for five hundred dollars, you can buy down from four to three eight seven five. It saves you uh, eighteen dollars a month. That recoup that's a no brainer. Yeah, that's good because right? recoup time is good. Right. But to go to three seven five, it costs a, another, you know, two thousand two thousand dollars. Yeah, and it only saves you another eighteen dollars a month. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, that, that doesn't make sense. No good, so. Right. You have to look at the options, you know, like when you're, when your loan officer calls you and asks you, you know, if they do, um, do you want to lock your rate in, right? Well, what's the rate? Uh, 4%. Okay. Do, how much does it cost to buy down an eighth and a quarter? Right. Past that, it usually doesn't make sense unless for some reason, you know, on small loan amounts, obviously at one point on a $80,000 loan is $800. Still though, the savings is still the same though, yeah. right? Proportionally. The, proportionally, you're saving maybe $3 a month. Yeah. Um, to a degree. I mean, it depends. You got to look at it. Sometimes it does make sense, you know, because mm-hmm. on a, a super large loan, I don't think it's proportionally the same because it's amortized over 30 years versus what that costs up front as a percentage. So it, it it is different, you know. But what I want consumers to really have a lookout for, though, on that market, just so you know, is a lot of times you'll get quoted an interest rate because people are so fixated on getting a low rate. Let's say you get quoted three and a half percent, and you're like, "Oh man, I got a three and a half percent," but it costs you fourteen thousand dollars to do yeah. or ten thousand dollars. Yeah, nice, right? But people don't look at that sometimes. Well, people who pay points in December are. I'm calling them now, and I'm like, "Hey, I know you wanted to buy the points. I know it was like the deal at that time, right? You paid three grand." Those are out the window, and this is what I was talking about, right? So yeah. this time around, we're going to do the zero-point rate, and mm-hmm. we're shaving your rate half a point. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, man, sucks. But it is what it is. You know, right. you can't recoup those points if you sell your house or if you refinance early. Right. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of points right now, the way the market, the buy-downs aren't great. Sometimes you get some value propositions, value like 500, like whatever it is. Most of the time right now, points for me are not, because the recoup time is too long. We're in a falling yeah. rate. Of, I don't think it makes sense. Vice personally. versa, though, you can get a great, rate still and get credit towards your cost. Let's say you're buying it just because the rates went down doesn't mean all of a sudden you have an extra 20 grand in your bank account. Right. Mm -hmm. Like as a, as a purchaser. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're, you're wanting to buy a house and Hey, you know, you're quoting rates out, 
you know, three, four months ago when you're kind of kicking around and it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, four, three, seven, five, four and a half with, you know, 3% in closing costs. Well, now it's like, okay, you can get that same rate and have your closing costs for free. So if you're cool with that payment, you can end up getting, you know, two, 3% towards your closing costs. All right. Next question. Ready? Donald in Seattle says, why does it take so long to close a mortgage? Generally speaking, you have a poor lender. No, no, that's <laughs> not true. Because he said, when I when I open a credit card, it happens instantaneously, oh. right? So he's wondering. Basically, he's like, why why does it take over? Why does it take up to thirty Most days? Of it's to close the property. It? What's that? Most of it's the property. It, right. It's every it's always different. So mortgages are super complex. That's why it's it, it takes longer than a credit card or a car loan because well, there's a lot of different parties involved. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a um, a lot of work that has to get done, and a million things could go wrong or throw a wrench in everything well, and, and slow the process down. Yeah, I mean, but typically, right? Like underwriting, if you have everything that you need and you collect it all up front, it's actually pretty easy. Yeah. Right. Like uh, if you're a W two employee. Pay stubs, W two ID, bank statements showing you have enough money. I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Good credit. But when it comes to um, the the home, you have to get title work, right? Yet, because I mean, who knows from the time that that last person bought that house until now what had happened, right? They might have put an addition on, and now that's leaned on there. All of a sudden, you own the home, so you have to get title work, you have to get insurance, you have to get an appraisal, like. Right. Those are the items that take money or, or time, right? Because right. not to mention on property on the property that you, was old, the mechanics lien that you've got to get clear. T- I mean, there's a lot of things. Not to mention the borrower that goes out and buys a new car in the little process or quits their yeah, job. Yeah, don't do that. Don't don't. Oh, I got I got a new job a offer. Lot of I, mean, times I quit yesterday. It is borrower oh, well, you're not borrower stuff, right? Yeah. Like they owe money or what? And the the reason for that is it's piss poor preparation. Like you you weren't told or, or foreshadowed the process of how things are going to work. Throughout the mortgage process, you don't know any better. So you go, you get a job offer, you're going to quit your job. You know, it is, (laughs) it is though too, it's not bad. I mean, you know, a lot of times a seller, they don't want to sell and close like, you know, hey, we're going to put our house up for sale. All right. You get an offer. Hey, we closed. We want to close tomorrow. You know, I mean, that, that's just not how it's going to work. Right. You know, even if, if the loan could be done in one day, it's still probably like, well, we need, you know, 45 days before we want to close or, you know, there's occupancy or whatever. So it's kind of like it, it is what it is. Remember back in 2014, 15, Bank of America was taking 90 to 120 days to process a refinance? It happens, yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, some lenders we work with right now are two weeks in underwriting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with, the, with, the, with, with the rise in in, uh, in volume comes, you know, some, some, some pain in the t- turn times on a lot of things, right? But if you if you you try to head it off as much as possible, and I think our average is twenty two days, which is still a while. And this whole idea of an automated mortgage where you push button get mortgage, well, you know I don't see that crazy happening. when the biggest lender in the country is backed up to four or five days in underwriting, right? Yeah, you know, because yeah. they have a massive staff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we got a question from Susan in St. Clair Shores. What are closing costs, and how much should I expect them to be? Well, well, I mean, closing costs typically like the cost, right? Any lender fees, right? Underwriting fees, origination fees, points, uh, processing fees. Then you have third party fees. Third party fees that, like, hey, the appraiser has to get paid, yeah. right? If this doesn't go through, they're not going to go out and do an appraisal for free. So you got to pay that credit report. You know that costs money. Uh, flood cert. They got to make sure that the home is you know 
free and clear from being in a flood zone. Tidal and you, and you've, tidal got, work. And you've got states like like uh, Florida, New York that have taxes placed on when you do a mortgage, right? Tax stamps. Yeah. Tax stamps. Um, to try to do a mortgage in New York, New York, those taxes right. are massive. Right. Yeah, I mean they're different everywhere. But a lot of people also think – I I know when most consumers ask me, they want to know what's it going to cost me, right? right? But you have to look at things as sunk costs and then you have to look at other things like – down payment is obviously not a cost. I mean, it's a, your it is a cost to your wallet. As grows, not a cost. Technically, if you look at the paper, it's not a pocket. Yeah, but it's, if you look at the piece of paper, you're, you're it's a prepaid, estimate. it's taxes, it's, it's a part of your closing cost calculation. This but is it is not a cost. Every human that owns a house has to pay yeah. taxes. And, and then within those costs, there's also third party costs that are that are necessary. Like we said, title work appraisals. Yeah, and then you have uh, lender costs, origination, points, that kind of stuff. So the lender cost is really what you want to focus on a lot of times because the third party costs pretty much are static. Yeah. They're depending not depending on far the off. lender. I mean, it's typically good to say if you're escrowing right between the tax prorations because you have to pay the seller back right and your escrows, a year of taxes, a year of insurance, and yeah. probably another twenty five hundred dollars. That's pretty typical, right? Yeah. So that's, that's pretty typical. You might buy a house that's one hundred fifty grand. The taxes are five grand. Yeah. What? Costs are like six percent, and here's the funny yeah. thing: is uh, it's uh, other than the escrows, uh, if you buy a hundred thousand dollar house, costs are about let's say twenty five hundred bucks. You buy a three hundred thousand dollar house, it might be three thousand bucks. They're not yeah. they, they, don't, lo- they don't change yeah dramatically, right? So the percentage of, of the most cost, expensive loans are the smallest ones. Yes, yep. because it's still title work costs the same, appraisals cost the same. So percentage of loan amount is much higher on the smaller loan loan sizes, whereas a five hundred thousand dollar loan. Well, that's why, yeah, with a five hundred thousand dollar loan, right, with a half a point credit, cover everything. Yeah, more than everything. But yeah. back to the, the the story about interest rates and discount points versus taking a higher rate. You can do that on a purchase too. It's not just refis. You can take a higher rate on a purchase to help cover some of right. those sunk costs. If you have a good, you can't cover your down payment, but you can cover your escrows, your taxes. Well, you can cover your title work and stuff. Now, yeah, nowadays, especially if in a competitive market like the seller, you know, if you. If you're buying your first house and let's say you have, you know, your down payment saved up, 3%. You can't get a gift from family or anything like that. You're reliant typically on the seller to pay the closing costs, yep. right? So in that circumstance, you might go in and, and hope for that and ask because obviously you would want the lower rate. But that might not happen. It's competitive. Hey, they got another full price offer on the table. Okay. Well, we're going to go in without that. What other options do you have? We'll talk to your lender. You can buy up the rate. Yep. And essentially get credit towards that cost. Can you come up with another fifteen hundred, and the lender will cover the rest? Yeah, and that's typically how it will go. Yeah. So, next question: Leon in Frisco, Texas, uh, asks. Um, I recently was denied a mortgage uh, due to the fact that my self-employed income went down dramatically last year due to some uh, issues he had, apparently. Um, and they basically said that he is not qualified due to the disparity in his lowered self-employed income. Uh, self-employed income is a, is a, is an interesting thing. Uh, give give the audience an example. Sal, myself, and Brad uh, all started the company a year and a half ago, right? And because we're self-employed less than two years, and the way that it was structured, we can't refinance if we own a mortgage company. Yeah, and we're like paying we're paying I, over market on our interest. My interest rate's four point six percent, right? Mine's, Mine's five and a half. Mine's five and a half, five and three eighths. Right. So it's think insane. about that. We can't. I mean, I could save two hundred fifty dollars a month. Yeah, I can save pay, like four hundred. Put money month. in my pocket still. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. But 
you know, when it comes to self-employed, you have to realize that you're only as good as your last year, you know, and at least on paper. It yep. doesn't matter if you murdered it this year. Great. Call me when you do your taxes. Isn't the rule if your income declined by more than 25%, that's the issue? It, it depends. Uh, depends on the lender, the the underwriters, but generally it's, it's a 20% swing. Uh, if it's 20% decline, they're going to um, request more information. Really? Yeah. yeah but, I mean, I've always gone off qualifying just off worst hate. Worst case, yeah. Yeah. It, it's 5% worse. All right. We're using that lower year. Yeah. If you look at the last two years. It's declining. And the most recent year is way worse than the previous year. Well, you have a declining uh, but, trend, right? Now, so it looks like you're going to make less money this year based on right. the trend. So now, you're going to use the worst case and use the lower amount. And then above and beyond that, sometimes like FHA, they get a profit and loss. Yeah, they want right? to see what you're year doing to date. this year. So yeah. if your year to date doesn't even match up with the year before, you're you're screwed, right? You big problems. So yeah. on the flip side, sometimes it's great if let's say, hey, 2017 was like, okay, I just opened my business. 2018, we killed it, right? And we're killing it right now. You're not going to Do use- I have to average that like $6,000 net that I made in 2017 versus my like 80 that I did in 18? Yes. Not necessarily. Well, if, there, if DU. Underwriters are still going to use the worst case, right? Unless no. unless you can get by with one year's tax returns. That's what I'm saying. If, yeah. if you know, the, the system allows you to, you can use one year tax returns sometimes. Yeah, you can. Uh, but okay, typically me- good credit and like 10 to 20% down or more. So, so when people look at their self-employed income, what are they looking for? Because it's you know a lot of times people say, "Oh, I didn't make much money last year," and then we look at it, and they make a lot more based on our calculation. There's a lot of things on a, on a like well, certain addbacks, right? Yeah. Certain you know. things that you write off as a business expense, we can add back as part of income because it, it's you're writing off the expense, but that's really a, a cost of you being in business, right? That should have been income to you. Yeah. Like uh, you, you're write off for business use of home, right? You well, use your house. Listen, if you're self-employed, especially like a Schedule C, right? Meaning like a, just a small LLC, you don't have like an S-corp or anything, right? Like – if you know consciously when you go to file your returns that you didn't pay anything and that you're not going – you didn't pay anything throughout the year, you're, you're probably not going to qualify for a mortgage. <laughs> if you're like, yeah, hey, every time I get paid, I get paid ten grand a month. I put you know three, four grand away for taxes. You'll probably be in good shape. You know, It's a real hard thing for self-employed people because you want a good CPA that's going to – Work within yeah, work with within the gray lines say, of the Listen, I'm, I'm trying code. to buy a house in the next year or two. Yeah, you got to tell okay. them. You got to have that conversation. Yeah, well, maybe I need we, to show more income, less write offs, so I can qualify for a home. But then you I have to pay the IRS is going to have to pay taxes. You absolutely have to. That's a, the IRS isn't going to money. slap your hand for showing less than you at. Even if your write offs are true to bring you down to zero, the IRS won't slap your hand for paying taxes. Right. Right. They will the other way around. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's it's well. I had a client once, just a little off topic who pay themselves a $120,000 salary a year off, out of their company. And off that, they would have qualified perfectly. But they owned 100% of their business, and their business showed a $300,000 loss. Ouch. And they didn't qualify. And they were angry at me. Like, well, what do you, I, I got a $120,000 salary. I don't understand. Why, yeah, but why does my business have anything to do because with Because bi- you, you, your business is what's you also paying can't you. Just, <laughs> exactly. You also, if you own the business, you can't just like – or work for family. You I'm going to give myself a raise. Get a raise. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, you know, which underwriters sucks. are smart to that. So a lot of times, what what's happened lately is I've heard this before. Like, oh, I work for my 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 father, and I'm like, well, you don't make enough money. Well, he's he's going to give me a raise. 
No, no. Yeah. It's family. They're going to look into that. The underwriter's going to look, and they're, they're, they're savvy trends. to that. They're going to say, hold on a second. His father owns this business. He was making 30000 Now he gave him a, Now he's making one twenty. There's there's a lot more common sense in underwriting than people think. Yeah. They look yeah. at trends. And, and sometimes there is common sense that helps people. I did a USDA loan where guy's making double what he did last year, you know? And I was like, oh, man. I didn't know he worked for family. So after, you know, the underwriter at uh, – there's always questions you learn as an LO that you should ask up front, you know, yep. when you get burned. Hey, did you file your taxes? Hey, do you work for family? Mm-hmm. Hey, do you have any, you know, unreimbursed business expenses? Whatever, right? When that was a thing. But like uh, it can make sense, you know, like, hey – now you're doing a completely different job, different tasks. It's paid all differently. You know, show us yeah. pay stubs from the beginning of the year. It's just too easy to fudge when you can control that. The trends and the common sense can work negatively against you, but can also work positively for you. So, if if you're a borrower looking and self-employed, have an open and honest conversation with your loan officer because uh, your yeah, loan officer is not anything. the underwriter. Don't hide anything. The loan officer needs the information to best present your loan file to an underwriter and if he has all the information he might be able to make a common sense argument to give you more income because something changed yada yada but if he doesn't know that the underwriter is just going to look at it and say this doesn't make sense denied but also you want you also want to hear the no if it's a no early right. you don't want to get into contract lose your emd be three weeks into it have your sh- shit packed in the back of a bus in a, in a van well, and let's you know be honest I mean? too like, most underwriters was just lost my room <laughs> most underwriters are not very experienced this you is know, true. Truth. They have a that calculator that they plug stuff into. Yeah. They don't under like until you really dive into tax returns, you you don't even know how a business really works. Right. You know, wait, what? It, well, I just know that I put depreciation here. I know that a dist- you don't even know what a distribution means, right? As it's like, well, it's yeah. more income. You just plug it in the calculator, right? But <laughs> yeah. you know, you that's unfortunate, to, but it's well, reality. Wait, yeah. yeah, but then when you get granular and you talk to an experienced underwriter, well, well. well they write this off because of that, so why are we hitting them for this liability, right? right? We can kind of work but to... But it takes a good LO to be able to navigate that w- and have that conversation. Yeah, you got to get burned. You, you do have to get burned. Yeah, you do have to get burned. Okay, next question. It's kind of on the same vein. So Tiffany in Richmond, Virginia said, I was 1099, and now I moved over to a W-2, W-2 position. Can I buy a house? This is kind of interesting. This is like backwards, I think, but it, it's... yeah. Yeah, you can. Well, depending it, on the W-2 depending on the Yeah, depending on the circumstances, it, yes, you... Yeah, because a W two is so ten ninety nine is you work for yourself, you're self employed, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, people don't get that though. Ten ninety nine, like you are working for yourself. Like my wife is ten ninety nine; she gets paid by by the by the government. You're really. an independent contractor. You're working for yourself. She it's gets not paid. a guaranteed paycheck. Correct. You are self employed. W two is a guaranteed paycheck. You go to work. Somebody pays you for working for them. You get a paycheck. You get a W two. Taxes are taken out of it. Ten ninety nine. You're an independent contractor. You're not guaranteed. Right. A certain amount of hours or whatever you might have a, a contract or a gig you got going on, I but think, that could end any time. I think to answer Tiffany's question, the big thing is: can you show a two-year history of working? Right? Can you show us 2017 and 2018 tax returns, and now you're working uh, as a W two? And what are the circumstances? Are you going to a full-time commission job? Because no, you cannot. Right? Are you getting paid? You know, per per job, like let's say, like I had a question yesterday, hey, someone's a masseuse, right? And they get paid for every time they do a massage. Well, what does that translate to hourly? Because you have to calculate an effective income, right? right? Yeah, I mean, it's, but but here's the thing. Can't you, let's say I got a job tomorrow. 
I'm on, and, and I'm getting paid. I got a salary of a hundred thousand. I can use that to, to qualify yeah. without any history. It depends on the loan, but yes, no previous history. But let's say you never worked. You know, that's what I'm saying. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. That's the craziest thing about it. Let's say I had a baby and I didn't work for seven years, right? Did and then you work before you had that baby? Potentially. Or let's say I didn't work at all. Ever? If I didn't work at all, you can still get a mortgage. See? Mm-hmm. That's the more you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, conventional? Conventional. That's, that's yeah. what's a little odd about the mortgage process is that if you're self-employed for five years and you had one bad year, they, they, you're denied. If you went from 1099 to be not FHA because I battle that beast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, at least at the two year thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. just saying. I mean, there's, FHA's a little weird. These are like just very like. There's always caveats to like. That's the weird thing about mortgages. We might say that something, but there's like a loophole somewhere. That if, like in this certain situation that we can figure out how to get. There's down. a loophole in every situation, man. Everything. That was a hard word to say. Yeah. What what, what word? Situation. No, there really is. I mean, that's what I always you know somehow get to sleep with is you might be doing a deal that you're like dude it's it's done you know it's not going to work like Toast. it's great but then you, you wake up in the morning with a fresh mind and you're like i found or you a loophole. talk to someone and you're like all right we can do this you know and it, it gets you that much closer it gets it done so it, it just a bad a lot of that is the reason that our, our jobs are exciting though is being able to to solve those puzzles, right? I like, the, yeah. I like that a lot part of, of problems. Exciting, I, like that part I guess. Of um, a lot of problem solving. Okay, next question. We're, we're going to move on. So, Brandon, and I don't, I don't know if I, La Jolla? La, La, La Jolla. La Jolla. Is it La Jolla? You've been, have you been there? It's in, uh, it's in San Diego. Yeah. So, uh, Brandon La Jolla says, What is the difference between a pre qualification and a pre approval? That's a great. It's, it's a great question, and a lot of times the, they're interchanged. Um, they're used. They're used incorrectly, right? Incorrectly. So yes, a prequalification and a preapproval. So prequalification means I talked to to Aunt Tilly at Joe's Mortgage Hut, right? And I told them I made a hundred thousand a year, and I got good credit. And they said, "Okay, you're prequalified. Here's a letter saying you're prequalified." They didn't look at anything. They didn't verify anything. I just told them what I made, yeah. and they gave me a letter. Now I can go buy a house. And I get may prequal someone. Without a letter, I wouldn't give them an actual letter. Yeah, right? a lot of people like, do. Hey, though. based upon what you told me, it sounds like you'd be in good shape. Right. Right. But a lot of people actually give them a letter and they go shopping, which with is that. crazy. It really puts you to it bad. Things position. people make it. It makes uh, the LOs must think it makes the the client sticky to them, right? Because it was easy to get, but it's like <laughs> that's a horrible setup. Think if you're a realtor and you got a prequal letter. So the difference is. Pre-approval. I can't believe a pre uh, that I get calls from real estate agents that are like, "Well, did you pull their credit?" <sighs> oh shit! I pulled their credit. It says it on the fucking letter. Yeah, the pre-approval. <laughs> you know? But I can understand why. Yeah. Right? So a pre-approval is different than a pre-qual. We actually a pre-approval is you sent some kind of documentation has been verified your your income. They pulled your credit. They looked at your assets. Right. They've done the the beginnings of of what an underwriter would do. Right. They looked at your qualifications and. Based on everything you provided and verified with them, you are pre-approved to buy a house. There's always certain contingencies at the bottom of a pre-approval. It's got to go through underwriting. You got to find a property. Well, it's it's called appraise. pre-approved yeah. and not approved. But it's actually but you want it, it's better than diligence. a pre-qualification because yeah. they have verified the information you gave them over the phone. You, you provided documents. They looked at them, and it looks good. If you're buying a house and you haven't sent in documents to your a mortgage company, and if they haven't like put you through a little bit of pain to get that pre-approval, you probably you're shouldn't feel great about it. You're doing it wrong. Well, we get a lot of you know a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety from. Well, am I good now? Are we good? I'm like, listen, 
You're never are you, good. Are you mad? Yeah. We're good. Are you mad? Literally, like he, this has not a hundred percent chance of closing until you close and it's funded. Yeah, you a, know, exactly. a good a good it mortgage is, company will do their absolute best to avoid any issues up front. That's the truth. But they're going to make it. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to they do their best up, to avoid the issues they down the road, but up. they're going to make yeah. it really painful up front. Hey, we get for an you. updated bank statement and we see a deduction in there for four hundred fifty bucks a month. It might not be an issue, but underwriter sees it. What's this? Right. What's this payment to Ford? Yeah. It's oh, it's incredible. my husband's. All right, no big deal. Right. Oh, it, well, yeah, I got. I bought a new car. Yeah. Sign yeah. my credit well, card. You didn't tell me that. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Or, or you and granted, get, I mean. Sometimes it's on the LO to ask, but like there, it could take me two hours to go through something with someone to get everything just for a pre-approval. If you want it to be that solid, and here's a, here's you what know? gets screwed up all the time is you know LO will get a a, a a pay stub hypothetically, right? And on that pay stub, there's eight hundred dollars a month in child support being deducted that they don't look at. <sighs> right, you just look at the gross. All right, yeah, good. oh, he's good. He's good. He makes he makes sixty the G's a year, and then you know he's he's marginal, and all of a sudden you get into underwriting. Wait a minute, what's this eight hundred bucks a month? And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, it was on the, the pay stub, the pay stub, right? So you you have to be critical and, and look for these you issues prior. Questions yeah. or, like I said earlier, did you file your tax return? But some people don't want to yeah. ask. I've questions. had deals where hey, we got to close in a week. And oh shit! I I never filed seventeen. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. We did. We just did your whole twenty eighteen like tax. Like talked about it. Like we knew you were paying him this week, and no big. Yeah, I didn't do seventeen though either. This is single handedly pony up. This is get sing- the check. Yeah, this is single handedly the biggest reason why Quicken Loans has a bad reputation with real estate agents uh, on the purchase market is because unfortunately they're LOs, and, and I'm sorry for saying this, but this is the reality. They get a lot of pressure to write pre approvals, so they're trying to write as many as possible, and they're not doing the due diligence. And a lot of times these deals have issues that could have been rectified up front. Well, and I'm not saying all of those yeah, there. There's simply the volume of deals. You're going to have ones that go bad. Correct. The but, more you do, I mean, the more propensity there is and for you things have to go bad. The, the acumen there is, you know, there's there's pressure. The 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 acumen. They're not, you know, there's a lot of moving parts there. So just make sure that you're on that pre-approval when you get that piece of paper. That should mean something. And if you don't feel like you went through enough, like if they were, yeah. you know what I mean. I feel like they've gotten a lot better. They have, you know, yeah, they have. I think and because it, they it had just comes to. down to training and yeah. you know. Probably like, hey, we wrote you know five hundred pre approvals, but we only closed twenty of those. Like, hey, we we probably got to figure out a different pay structure. Yeah, you I, know, I feel like the the pre approval process is is very similar to to getting in shape. It should be painful when you first start. You should have to put some work in and go through some hard times. Agreed. But so by the time you're a week, two weeks in, and you're getting towards that finish line of where you want to be in your workout or whatever. It's easy because you put the work in. Well, up people front. are afraid. Well, so and so said that you know. I'm, did they even pull your credit? No. Well, you're not actually approved. Well, I know. You know. Come on, man. But listen, I, if you're not willing to work with me up front so that I can make sure this is a good process for you, but as a consumer, you just want to hear you're good. You know what I mean? Sure. So on some level, well, let me tell head- you that you're good. Yeah. Let me get that like a surety. Like, but, but what, what's happened before is like I'll tell someone I'm like, listen, you've got an issue here that we have to fix. Well, he's like, well. ABC mortgage didn't t- tell me that. I'm going to go with them. Go with them. Go with them, but it's going to be going to blow it's up. It's going to blow up. You're going to hate yourself. And you know what? Once in a great while, it doesn't. And it it doesn't. Bad. And yeah. they're like, "Yeah, I closed. Perfect, okay, man. perfect, great. Good, good happy job for you. Out. I am happy yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. 
Because I'm it would have been. A tr- I would. I'm not it. willing to take on that risk. No. Right. Like we talk about all the time, Sal. If you got on an airplane and you're flying to the over the Atlantic and you're going to Europe or whatever, and you the the the, the captain comes on, he's like, "Hello, everybody. Uh, please buckle up. Uh, we've got a 60 percent chance of making yeah. our landfall." Uh, Imagine you, your your <laughs> pipeline is a Greyhound bus, right? And people oh. get on on stops and they get off, and yeah. you're trying to go around. This is good. Okay. Some guy comes in and he's got a, a vest on with dynamite in it. You know, and you're like, yo, we got to get rid of that dynamite or you can't come on my bus. Well, I won't set it off. I can go ride on uh, the smart bus then or whatever, right? Well, yeah. I'm going to let you do that because if that blows up, <laughs> I don't want analogy. my whole pipeline to get fucked it's, up over it. A you know? right. I he, want people to come on and come off. And if he makes his destination. I don't want anyone to die on the bus. If he makes his destination, good for, good for him. Hey, great. If I don't want you on my bus, though. If, if for some reason your, your clicker on your uh, – Little detonating detonation device does it, does it go off? Doesn't go off. Great, that, but I don't, I don't want you. I don't on know my if, bus. if, if uh, suicide bombing is a is a good analogy right now. It, it kind of is a great analogy though, right? Because <laughs> I someone always told me, you know, like at least when we were at UWM, let that bomb blow up in someone else's pipeline. That's a pretty wow, well, and it sounds shitty because those are people who are so trying true, to get though. you know approved for a home loan. But like, hey, I don't feel like I'm gonna get get it done. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, and it's, it's going to take away from what you can do in the service to your other clients if you can. It's not fair to your other clients. It's not fair to you, and it's not fair to that client right. themselves. It just, it's just you don't doing feel the good right about thing. it. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. And I mean, that's just the truest statement possible. So, Jessica, how much time do we have left? I know we started a little I late. I think we're yeah, about five minutes. Okay, so we'll we'll start wrapping up. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just look. There's as you can see, we could probably do a hundred of these shows, and we've got what? How many years have you been in the business now, Sal? In mortgages. Uh, eight, eight years, Brad. Uh, seven. I don't know. You know seven. I'm going on my seventeenth year, right now. So but you're old. Uh, well, hold on a second. That's not my point. I, thanks for pointing that out. But what I'm saying is, even between us collectively in our office, we've got a very seasoned group. We still come up against things, and we're like things we've never when seen. Guidelines change. Right. Everything changes. Like. Could you like always do the, the okay. two years, no employment, right? Or like, hey, you, you start a job tomorrow and you can't do, you know, uh, you can have zero work history before. It's always been uh, like that. Okay. As far as I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always thought, but you, again, there again, we go. There right? we go. It's just right. just on the show, we just, you know, Sal learned something. Yeah. It's interesting. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so do you guys know, uh, by the way, our podcast Knock on wood has been doing really well. Uh, we had uh, Barry Habib's show just is the third most listened show that we've ever done. And that that happened very quickly. That was a very good show. If anybody wants to listen to that show, it was very good. Which which one? The last one. The most recent. The one? most recent one. Yeah, he's been on twice. Yes, he has been on twice. Um, where is do you think our top three outside countries that listen to us? So other than the United States, yeah, Canada. <laughs> Canada's up there. Yep. Uh, Sweden's still up there? No, Sweden dropped no. off. Sweden's Australia? Way. Australia's in there. Yeah, Australia's um, in there. Spain. You just looked at my <laughs> screen. <laughs> yeah, you just looked at my screen. España. It's pretty crazy, right? Uh, we've done a, this little show that we do out in Royal Oak, Michigan. It gets listened to all over the place. It gets out there. It gets around. Yeah. yeah. Dirty show. Yeah. Any, uh-huh. Does anyone have any questions for me ever? Jessica, do you have any questions for me? No, I've got nothing. <laughs> I'm too tired. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's it. We're done. 
Are we done? I think, it, I think we're good. We're good. Yeah, I think Brad, good. you've got to shave your beard. I know, bro. I meant. To. I don't know what's going on with it. There's like I don't know if you like shaved parts of it and then forgot to finish it. <laughs> no, uh, Joe Dirte. Uh, I get that whole. Yeah, it's. I meant to. Joe last Dirty. Night. Uh, I meant to last night. Uh, didn't happen. Meant to this morning. Didn't happen. It'll happen today. It just. It doesn't look great. No. <laughs> I agree. It's. Terrible. At least your dad is hung over you. Is your, that, that one episode that he Bro, was hung over, dude? That's tough stuff. Dude, he when you watch the video, if you watch the playback for that episode, I was hurting. You, that was pretty I should not have gotten here. I don't know why you came. Ninety percent of the job is just showing up. Not that day. Not that day. <laughs> yeah, that was no, bad I, I news. Walked into work before and been like, yeah, yeah, you got to go home. <laughs> After we did the hey, show, I went to the parking like lot, that. the parking structure, and I napped in my truck because I couldn't physically get no, out. No, we truck. have a picture. We should post the picture. No, we should not. We should, we should just, never talk about this yeah, again. Yeah. Let's move on. Those right. are what's, you know, it's it's funny. We don't like if I worked at like a corporation and I was like that, I'm sick. Yeah, right? I'm not coming in. I'm I'm yeah. extra, I'm sick. Yeah, and I sit at home, and there's like not a lot of responsibility or like yeah. whatever. You, you don't have anything to worry but about. Now it's like <laughs> I still was productive that day. Very productive. You which know, is why crazy. I think it's, we come to work every day. Doesn't matter. I mean, it I very mean, rarely. Some days it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah you walked. We're the, there. You walked to the podcast once. Yeah, it was a walk yeah. of shame yeah. in the rain. Yeah, it means I didn't I drive. Remember that. Yeah, that but, was good. Yeah, that was good. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening, Brett. Tell them how they can find us. I know you do. You do a good job with that. Google. Google us. I mean, that's how I find everything. Really? Yeah. It probably is the best. Yeah. Okay. Google IRE Pod- Inside Real Estate Podcast. We've got some really good guests coming up uh, going forward, guys. We're really proud of what we're doing. We thank everybody for their feedback. If you have any questions, uh, obviously, like we said, go to info at IREpodcast.com or go to IREpodcast.com itself. Facebook chat us, message or whatever. Whatever you want. Yeah. You text me up here. I gave, I gave out my number. I'm not doing it again. It's 586. Do you know it? I, of course I know. Let me say it. It's your golden tea login. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. We'll see You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 